get so tired is that we had been to Great Wolf Lodge that day and the day before. Because if you've ever been there before, you know that place could be exhausting. All the, the water and the pools, and I mean, the kids love it, but it's tiring. And so that second evening, we had put her in a high chair, and she needed to eat. And the poor baby, she just couldn't keep her head up. Uh, and, and she's not one of those that would even fall asleep in a car or anything. I mean, she had to be put to bed. So I felt really bad for her um, that night because of how tired she was. You ever been tired? Anyone? <laughs> um, being tired is just kind of a part of life. And there's several different um, types of being tired. And the first one I think several of you in this room, especially if you went as a sponsor this past week, are going to straight up understand, and that is being tired. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Um, going to camp is so much fun. Sort of. It's exhausting. The kids love it. They get there on Sunday, and they're wired. It's almost like you parents you know, said, hey, drink a five-hour energy before you go. And they're just, they're crazy wired. And so then Sunday night, it's time to go to bed, and you can't get them in their bed. You can't even find some of them. I think we returned all of them, though, this time, didn't we? Yeah. So that was awesome. Um, but by Wednesday, as a camp sponsor, you are spent. I mean, you, you have nothing left because you've had to be on your A game for several days. And so you, you get to come home, and I'm sure many of you immediately went to bed and took a nap. And I think, I think it was Becca that you said, that said, um, said that she took the best nap like ever in the history of naps that, uh, that afternoon. Since next week, the students are going to camp, so, so they also will get to experience exactly what camp tired is. And then there's one that we call vacation tired. You know, you go on family vacation, wherever it is you go, and you're gone for a week, and you do everything. I mean, you try to fit like three months' worth of stuff into a few days. And so then you get back home, and you always say, we all say the same thing every time. Man, I need another vacation. I've got so much laundry to do, and we're excited. i got to go back to work on Monday, and I'm tired. So that's, that's vacation tired. And I mean, it's a, it's a good one, I guess, but uh, Jason Helton said, man, you're not wrong, because they just got back from vacation. He said, and we didn't have cell phone signal really where we were. So he said, I come back, and I have a 1,000 emails, and you, know, you spend the whole week before, before your vacation preparing for it, and it's almost as if it's not worth it, because you're so tired when you get back. And then there's life tired. And life tired is something we all experience at some point. And, and there's no root of it necessarily you didn't go on vacation you didn't go to a camp you're just you're just kind of tired you know you, you you do the same thing every day you have your routine and you know maybe you go to work you come home and you have dinner with family and um there's not one thing you can point to but you're just tired and there's no nap or going to bed that's going to fix it but there's probably no tired like newborn So if you've ever had one of these tiny little terrorist creatures, you know what I'm talking about. They're cute, but they are evil. So typically what happens is, is they think it's just super awesome to sleep all during the day. So at night, they don't, they don't get to sleep. Luckily, our, our last one, Sawyer, has always been a great sleeper. And you just lay her down, and that's, and that's it. But not every baby is that way. 
And so you know that experience that you get to have and the, the days and the weeks after you bring that sweet baby home from the hospital and, you know, a few days turns into a week, turns into a few weeks, and you are exhausted. You're delirious. You start forgetting to do things or just normal everyday things. I read the story of a mom who was experiencing this level of exhaustion and had a newborn baby less than a month old, would not sleep, and she was crippled. And the poor mom was just exhausted. And so she had taken the baby and put her on like a play mat in the living room, and they had a dog that liked to lay on that mat next to the baby. And she said she just wasn't thinking clearly. And she went to go get the baby, had heard some noises from that area that let her know that that baby needed a diaper and got a change. She picked up the baby, went to the baby's room, put on the changing table, started to change the diaper, and she said halfway through changing the baby's diaper, she realized that she was putting a diaper on the dog. That is newborn parent tired. April told me that um, when Allie was born, they hadn't even got to experience that level of tiredness yet but I guess Jack you were already so tired that apparently you put poor Allie's dress on backwards on the way home um, so I mean he was already there but this is my favorite story so y'all y'all stick with me here for just a minute there was a mother who was getting ready for a wedding so she had gone to get her nails done and so you know they were a little bit longer and her baby had had one of those diapers that makes you want to resign from being a parent um, if you know, you know. And uh, she's changing it and trying to clean it up. And, you know, you've got to wash your hands for like 10 minutes after one of those diapers. And even then, you're not sure if you can ever use them to eat again. Um, and, and so she thought she had everything cleaned up, okay? So now we're going to fast forward a little bit later in the day. And she was eating some candy, chocolate specifically. It gets better. Um, and... Apparently, this was like the best chocolate in the world. So, you know, we had to like lick our fingers to get all of it off there. Only she realized that underneath her nails, there was not in fact chocolate. Julie, did you recover from that? <laughs> yeah, that was Julie. So, um, you know, when you're tired, sometimes you just do things that you wouldn't normally do. You don't think clearly. I found this graphic about seven different types of rest, and I was looking at it, and I thought, man, that, man, that is accurate. We all understand that we need physical rest, you know? If you exercise, if you like to run, uh, if you do Zumba like Melina likes to do, um, you know, you, you do some new workout, or, you know, maybe you just go walk through the neighborhood, and, and maybe it's, it's something new you've started. You're physically tired. And you need physical rest. Sometimes you just need to sit down. You need to lay down. You need to rest for a little bit. There's being mentally tired, so you need mental rest. You know, kids at school have that big test coming up. And they've been studying and studying and studying. And it's just all starting to uh, not make sense. Or you got something going on at work that's stressful. And you're just mentally exhausted. And you need a mental health day. We need mental rest. Social rest. Have any introverts in the room this morning? Uh, if you are around, if you're an introvert and you are around people too much, you need social rest because you're just overwhelmed. 
century rest. And I think in 2021, we can all relate to this one with all the electronics, the TVs, the iPads, the video games, the phones. I mean, we, we carry a phone with us everywhere we go. That's why sometimes it's nice to go to the mountains where you don't have any signal so that you can break away from it. Maybe you need emotional rest. Maybe you've lost a loved one recently and you've had that, that funeral that you've had to, to be a part of. through a divorce, a breakup, separation, something, and you just need that emotional rest. And maybe you need spiritual rest. Maybe you've had bad church experiences. I think all of us at some point or another can point to an experience at a church and say, that was not good. I don't know if I can, I can trust another church again. I don't know if I can trust another pastor again. Spiritual rest. Maybe you're a creative person and you need creative rest. as pastors can understand that one because we're always trying to be innovative and creative we're always trying to find awesome and creative things for the kids and christy with journey students and april with groups and i mean even in here and sometimes you just you have that block and you're trying to come up with something creative to do because our god is a creative god and, and, and you just you just can't your mind won't work you need creative rest hopefully one of those at least you can relate to if not all of those at some point in your life now you think about rest and you think back to the bible and you say okay you know i can think of some scripture that points to rest but i really want to relate to someone that's experienced what i've experienced who who can i look to and i was reading the story of elijah this week in first kings and elijah was an old testament prophet and he always did whatever it was that God wanted him to do, whatever it was that God asked him to do. Now, Elijah confronted an evil king. His name was Ahab. You see, the king and so many people in that land worshipped a god called Baal, B-A-L, B-A-A-L. And Elijah knew that there was only one true god, and it was not so he challenged uh, the king to uh, basically a contest. And he was like, okay, if, you, if your God is, is the one true God, then, then let's have a competition. I mean, let's, let's just see. He said, so let's, why don't you build an altar and, and put a sacrifice on it. And I, w- I want you to call to your God and pray to your God and ask your God to light the wood. But don't light it. Let's let your God do it. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. So they called and they prayed and they chanted and they danced around and they did all the things to try to get their God to light this fire, to burn the sacrifice. Nothing happened. And so Elijah begins to mock them and taunt them. Say, well, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God's out right now or he's too busy for you. And Elijah does the same thing. Builds an altar, puts a sacrifice. Only he says, you know what? I want you to go get some jars of water. Let's, let's pour that water on the fire. Let's just soak it. Because he knew that his God was the one true God. And so he called and he prayed. And God answered his prayer. And God, the fire came down from heaven and 
even though it was doubted that God was with him. Now Ahab's wife, Jezebel, did not like Elijah and wanted to kill him. So when Elijah got news of this, no naturally when someone wants to kill you, you'd be scared. And so he ran away and kind of had a pity party. And, uh, you know, I'm the only prophet left. No one else is left. Poor me, poor me. I've always done what God wanted me to do. Poor me, poor me. And he's tired. He's exhausted. He's overwhelmed. He's frustrated. He's scared. And he was sitting outside this cave, kind of on the edge of a mountain. Wanting to have an experience with God. And like us, sometimes we think it's the big things that we're going to experience God in. So there was an earthquake, and that wasn't God. There was fire, and that wasn't God. And then there was this really quiet, gentle silence. And that's what sometimes God will show up in these huge, big, amazing ways, but sometimes I want you to open your your Bibles if you have them this morning. We're going to go to the book of Psalms. And a couple scriptures that I want to read. So Psalm 63, starting in verse 5. It says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. I trust in him at all times, you people. Pour pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Salvation. Go over a few more uh, books to Isaiah. Chapter 40, verse 28. This is a a very well-known passage. It says, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the strong. It's one of my favorite passages in all of the Old Testament. He will give strength to you when you're tired. He will give you power when you are weary. And then probably the most uh, well-known verse about being tired is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Luke Lazon is a pastor at LifeBridge Florida, and I saw this on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I thought, wow, that is so good. He has this quote. He says, Jesus didn't say, come to me, all of you who are crushing it, who are successful, who are just really killing it in your life. No, he said, come to me if you're weary and tired and burdened. So if you're discouraged this morning, That is exactly how Jesus expected you to know. He said it in Matthew 11, come to me, 
every one of you who are tired, who are weary, who are carrying a burden, and I will give you rest. Jesus knew that you needed rest. He doesn't expect you to always have the answers. He doesn't expect you to always make the right decision and do the right thing. He knows that there's going to be times when you need rest, and that is when he everything is broken and a mess again. I've read that verse so many times and I think I've missed that so many times. I'm like, yeah, I should know that that's what that means. But that's exactly how Jesus expects us to rest. I saw this on Facebook this week and I've kept reading this quote over and over again. I want to break down so bad that I just keep repeating it. You've got to keep I just kept reading that over and over again because I was kind of struggling with it. We don't have to keep repeating it, but God does. So when you think that your entire world all around you is falling down and nothing is going right, you don't have to keep repeating it, but God has a plan. That's where you have to remember Matthew eleven twenty eight and the words of Jesus that come to him. remember when it was, but somewhat recently, a few sermon series ago, Sheldon did a series on Sabbath and on rest. So that's a, that's a word that, that we're somewhat familiar with. And it comes from the Hebrew word uh, Shabbat, which just means to rest. And we first see that word, that word Sabbath, in uh, the book of Exodus in chapter 15. And that's where uh, the Israelites have are leaving Egypt and they're trying to get to the promised land and we we know that story there's so many wrong turns they took and they're literally besides just being lost are are lost Uh, they're tired but God continued to provide for them and he provided manna in the morning and quail in the evening and I'm sure in 40 years they got tired of eating that but God continued to provide and the word Sabbath comes up it's because he told them the day before the Sabbath that he wanted them to get twice as much manna and twice as much quail so that they would have enough so that they wouldn't have to go gather it after the Sabbath. He was serious about rest. And, of course, they didn't always listen. You know the story how they would always gather too much and begin to rot and smell and be nasty. You've all heard the term sabbatical. Um, you know, a lot of times professors at universities um, get a sabbatical after they've been there like seven years, and, and they get however much time is deemed necessary for them to kind of get away from everything and, and turn off their their work mind. Well, last Sunday, immediately following church, when Sheldon finished his landmine series, he started a sabbatical. He needs some rest. People always want to, is there something wrong with him? Is he, is he coming back? Nothing wrong with him. He's coming back, but he needs to rest. None of us in this room can begin to imagine the burden that he or any other lead pastor at a church carries. The late night phone calls or the late night counseling 
counseling sessions when something has gone wrong or somebody needs you. And if you know Sheldon, you know that he will drop everything and come tend to you and pray with you. But Sheldon needs rest. I'm not sure where he is this morning, but I hope wherever he is, he feels loved. And he knows that there's people uh, that are praying for him. church will continue to run the way the church runs there's four other pastors here that if you need anything we are here for you i do want to ask you if you'll not call and text sheldon and 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 give him some time to rest i would encourage you however to pray for him pray for him over the next few days and weeks that he would find And the goal of this sabbatical is not just some vacation that he gets off. It's so that he can rest and recharge. You see, rest in and of itself is not going to fix anything. We all go to bed and go to sleep every night. And how many times, you know, do you just wake up every day and you're like, okay, let's do it. I'm better. Sometimes rest is not enough. He needs recharge that he can continue to lead this church, continue to seek the will of God for Journey and be the visionary for Lighthouse. So I want want you to ask this that you would pray every single day for Sheldon and for Haley and for their families. Pray that we can hear the voice of God he can turn off his pastor mind that he can truly find rest that's hard sometimes to do and if you know Sheldon you know that he's busy and he likes to work with his hands and and, you know we up here all we have to do is ask him for help and he'll drop whatever it is that he's doing and he will come help us so please over these next few weeks, pray for him every day. Maybe pick a time and pray at that same time every day. And you don't have to pray for 30 minutes. But just pray that he would have a renewed spirit, revival, that he would hear from God. That he would be encouraged. That he knows he is loved by God and that he is loved by us when he comes back he is so in tune with God that every step he takes every word that comes out of his mouth is ordained from God so I want us to spend just a few moments this morning just quietly praying for Sheldon and for Haley so close your eyes for just a minute I'm going to give you a few minutes to just pray, and then I'll close this out. But I I just want you to picture Sheldon in your mind. Thank God for him. Thank God for his leadership. And pray that God would encourage him and strengthen him, and that Sheldon would